Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When it comes to wardrobe staples, the things that feel as good as they look are what we wear again and again. But finding those perfect closet additions can be tough, especially in the shoe department. Unless you're shopping at Rothy's and their sustainably made machine washable shoes that are built to last because they knit both style and comfort into every pair. The Rothy's signature sneaker combines game-changing comfort with a tirelessly cool look. So it goes with every outfit from casual to elevated and their one-of-a-kind driving loafers feel great with or without socks and come in classic colors and eye-catching patterns. Forget about the break-in periods you expect from other shoes. The soft, flexible materials and wildly comfortable Rothy's insoles make their shoes one of the most wearable right out of the box. Find out what the hype is all about. Discover your new favorite pair of shoes and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com forward slash hype. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash hype. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your Quarter Pounder. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners. Are you ready to experience motivation, magic, miracles, and messages from spirit? Discover the hidden secrets of astrology, numerology, destiny cards, and more. Learn how to use ancient wisdom for the modern world. You are entering into the higher realms with Jeremy Ryden. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Higher Realms. I'm your host, Jeremy Ryden, and I am so excited that you've decided to spend the next hour with us. Even if you just stumbled here on accident, get ready to have your spirituality taken to a higher level. This is a channel where we empower people metaphysically, spiritually, holistically. We're just doing everything we can to allow your soul to expand 
to grow and to feel like you really are connected to that divine source. And what a show we got ready to ha- lined up for you tonight. In a minute, I'm bringing on a guest that I highly respect, Salvatore Sapien. I'm I've already messing the name up. I'm gonna let Salvatore tell us the name in a second. Sapien, I'm gonna say Sapienza, but I'm probably butchering it. And he there gave me a thumbs up. But listen, folks, this this pastor, this what I call a 21st century spiritual thinker and leader. He wrote a phenomenal award-winning book, 70 Times 7, that many of you may have seen that was turned into a, a critically acclaimed movie called Brotherly Love. He has other fantastic works out there. He's from Douglas, Michigan, the Saugatuck area here in West Michigan. And if anyone is talking about progressive Christianity in this area and someone that's making an impact all through social media, they're going to tell you about someone called Pastor Sal. So without any further ado, my dear friend, Salvatore, thank you for being on Higher Realms. Thank you, Jeremy. I'm so grateful that you invited me on your show this evening, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to talking with you. You know, I, I, I just... I came from a very fundamental background and I met you actually about seven years ago, maybe six and a half years ago, uh, when you were leading an interfaith course over there at Mother's Trust Ashram. And um, I, what I loved about you is you have the ability to listen to everyone's question because I was listening to some of these people's comments and I was thinking, no, no, but you would listen to everyone's comment and was so inclusive and so open-minded and so seeing where you could connect their thought with what we were trying to discuss. And I appreciate the teacher, the teacher that you are. And so just a quick question, and we're going to get into your book that just came out. What in the heck is progressive Christianity? <laughs> <laughs> That is a great question, and we get asked that a lot. Um, our church, uh, I, I pastor a church in Douglas, Michigan, uh, and we are part of uh, the Center for Progressive Christianity. Um, and they have a wonderful website called progressivechristianity.org, which explains what it means to be a progressive Christian. But basically, the key difference between progressive Christians and most conventional Christians is that Most conventional Christians say Jesus is the only way that you must accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior in order to experience the divine. And progressive Christians say, yes, the way of Jesus is a way, but there are other ways and that we are open to uh, those other ways from other faith traditions and other wisdom traditions that they also point to the way as well. And we can draw upon their wisdoms. So that's probably that the biggest difference uh, between progressive Christians and traditional Christians. That's a big difference, my friend. <laughs> I, li- I like that. Well, that's the, that's the difference. That's a huge difference. And, but it's a diff- it's a difference that I think you adequately cover in the phenomenal book that we're going to be talking about tonight. I, Right here, childish thinking, and uh, it's called How the Church Keeps Us Stuck in Sunday School. And you can get this on Amazon, but even on Amazon, we're going to put Salvatore's website up. On that website, you're going to be able to access the teachings of Pastor Sal and his books and also see everything else that he's doing. 
Some of you right now, you're like, yes, I understand that God can speak to us in any way. Others of you that are listening to this, it's a lot for you. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Pastor Sal on is because I believe he truly is a bridge for where Christianity and not just Christianity, where faith is going. Because, you know, I used to say there's no hurt like a church hurt. And so there's a lot of a lot of people are disillusioned with the church, people that are in their 40s, maybe in their 50s. But we're seeing a lot of younger generation, the millennials and younger that are not even identifying at all with any type of faith. And I think it's important that even as we are becoming inclusive, we're not trying to exclude faith. We're not trying to eliminate faith, but we're trying to bring it into an area from what I'm reading in your book, bring it into the 21st century. So I'm going to let you put it in your words. And I know you can't put it all in one, in one way, but I love this title here, how the church keeps us stuck in Sunday school. Can you just kind of explain? I know it's really kind of cute on the tongue, but it is a profound, it's still a profound concept. Tell us a little bit about that title. Yes. So, uh, you know, when I became the pastor of the church, there were just 29 people in attendance that very first Sunday. And now in just five years time, our our church now has over 250 members. And uh, (laughs) thank you. Uh, And, you know, during the time of COVID, our church has been broadcasting our services. And so we're reaching you know, hundreds of people all over the world, which is an incredible thing. Uh, But what I'm finding is that people are saying to me, you know, Pastor Sal, I've been hearing these Bible stories my whole life, and uh, they never really made sense to me. But the way you're explaining them, they they make sense and they resonate with me. And and the reason I, I called the book childish thinking, how the church keeps us stuck in Sunday school is because most people really have never graduated from Sunday school in terms of their spiritual understanding. So many Christians still today, the way they imagine God or heaven or hell or the devil, uh, it's still the same as when they were a kid in Sunday school. Uh, they haven't really um, grown in their their understanding. They're not looking at things from a higher perspective, which is what scripture is supposed to do. Uh, and so oftentimes, you know, people, when they when they pray, I say, who are you praying to? Is it an old man up in the clouds with the long gray beard? Because there's no such thing. Um, but Again, most people haven't really grown in their understanding of of these terms. And so what I try to do in the book is to kind of help people to um, grow in their understanding of what these terms and concepts mean. Absolutely. So, you know, one of my favorite authors, because I came from the Pentecostal background, and that was Carlton Pearson, Bishop Carlton Pearson. And I love this book, The Gospel of Inclusion. And also the book, you know, God's not, uh, not a Christian, nor a Muslim, nor a Hindu or a Jew. Yes. Uh, but what it, people that are looking at you as a pastor and they're saying, how can you how can you if you don't believe the Bible literally, how can you even say you believe in the Bible? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned Carlton, Carlton Pearson, because he's one of my favorites. And for those of you who are watching, if uh, there's a wonderful uh uh, docu docu movie. It's a it's a movie, but it's about his life 
and it's called Come Sunday. You can see it on Netflix. But really, his story was he was uh, the pastor of this huge church, uh, and he was so popular. He had a popular TV show. He was invited to the White House when George W. Bush was president. But as he grew in his spiritual understanding, he came to see that if God's love was totally unconditional, then people didn't need to be saved because everybody was saved. God's love isn't based on condition. And so he started to preach that on Sundays, this this kind of unconditional love, everybody saved message. And uh, the congregation wasn't having any of it. Yeah. And um, and he lost his job. He, he literally lost everything. His income, his marriage fell apart. He really lost everything for that belief. And uh, he has thankfully, he, he, he found a home in my denomination, the United Church of Christ. But now his, his spiritual practice is really, he's so inclusive of, of really everyone in all faith traditions. But that really is the message. And it is, it's so strange how you can, you can preach a God who is judgmental and vengeful and so on, and nobody has a problem. But when you start preaching a God that's all loving and all forgiving, and, and it doesn't matter what you do or don't do, then people have trouble with that. So one of my messages was about how there's nothing you can do tomorrow that's going to make God love you any better then God lo- then God loves you right now that you could you could go and feed 12 homeless families tomorrow or you could go party in Las Vegas tomorrow and God doesn't care either way God still loves you the exact same and it's confusing for people because people have grown up to to believe that I have to do things to earn God's love to earn God's favor so that I can be saved and when they start to hear, well, you're already said you don't have to do anything. It's confusing for them. Yes. <laughs> but uh, but that really is the truth. And it really was the truth that Jesus was trying to teach. But uh, b- but that message has been totally uh, misunderstood over the centuries. And so we as progressive Christians or we call ourselves the Christian left rather than the Christian right where the Christian left. We are trying to reclaim uh, Jesus's message, who he really was, and um, and to to you know start sharing that message again. Yes, I, I love it. I'm sure the Christian right will say the Christian left will be the ones left behind. But in, <laughs> but anyways, I I I do. I'm not going to get into politics, but I do believe that the left needed to stand up and has needed to stand up for many many years to say. You cannot steal our faith. You cannot rock. We're not any less patriotic. We're not any less uh, believers. Uh, you know, and I like what you said. You know, you can party in Vegas or feed the homeless. God loves you just the same. Yeah, and I would teach people, you know, it, feeding the homeless, you should do it because this is going to make you good. It's going to make you feel good. It has nothing to do with your salvation, but it has a lot to do with your own feeling meaningful and powerful. So, Pastor Salen, you cover this in your book, and if you're just joining us, this is uh, Pastor Sal, and he wrote a phenomenal book called, and I'm going to put it right here so I get it right, Childish Thinking, How the Church Keeps Us Stuck in Sunday School. You just said we don't have to be saved. Well, then, here's my question. Didn't Jesus die for my salvation? 
Well, that's that is what we always heard growing up, right? Is that Jesus died for my sins. And I always say to people, well, Jesus died over 2000 years ago. You weren't even born yet. So how could he have died for your sins since you weren't born yet? and You didn't sin yet. Um, And so I think we really have to understand what that means, uh, that he died for our sins. Uh, first of all, the, the big thing to talk about is what exactly is sin? Um, that's a, a whole chapter I cover in the book is to help people grow in their understanding of the concept of sin. Sin really just means that you hold a belief that you are separate from God, that God is outside of you, removed from you, far away from you. Um, and so when you believe that, that God is separate from you and that you have to earn God's love, um, then then you're not really in touch with the truth of your being, which is that you and God are one. When you know that truth, then you are set free. Um, And so that's what Jesus was doing is he was giving us that message. And yes, he died because people didn't want to hear that. You know, uh, uh, they needed to silence him because what he was doing was he was leading this this popular countercultural movement where he was saying to the religious authorities and the political authorities of his day um, that we're going to build a new a new world where where you the first right now are going to be last and we're going to lift up the lowly and they're they're going to be first uh, and uh and so, of course, the people in power needed to to silence that message. Um, so uh, so, again, it's all about raising our consciousness about things that we met. Many of us who grew up in the Christian church, we were taught a very uh, childish way of um, understanding these concepts. And I get it. If you're teaching Sunday school and you're talking to a five year old, it's difficult to explain a concept of God. So you say, well, it's an old man with a long gray beard because it helps a kid to understand. Or you explain sin or hell or the devil in a certain way. That's to help explain a very esoteric concept to a child. But now that we grow in our understanding, we have to break free of that and understand there is no devil. There's no red guy with horns and a pitchfork that's making us sin. I'm, you know, that, yeah. that's not what the devil is. That's not what sin is. Um, and, that, and Jesus never said any of those things. Uh, the Christian church said them, but Jesus never said them. You know, I think it's important. And for everyone that's just tuning into Higher Realms, thank you. And, and we do have believers from all walks of life. And, and a lot of them are Christians. And so we're not trying to water your faith in Jesus, but we are trying to say, and I'm reading even Pastor Sal's book, is you need to understand the concept of Christ consciousness. And what and I like what you say in your book. A lot of people think that, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the last name of Jesus is Christ. So Jesus Christ is like Jesus is his first name and Christ is his last name. I think there are a lot of people that are listening to you that may be having trouble right now because, because Jesus has come to them and he, they have accepted Jesus in their heart. Um, if you could explain what Christ consciousness is, or even in a very simple way, uh, what, what you mean when you're separating Christ and Jesus and why 
Jesus was so powerful because he understood what Christ was. Thank you, Jeremy. This is a key concept. And if, if people can grasp this concept, it will open up their, their minds. Uh, so Jesus and Christ are two different things. Jesus was a human being, a man from Nazareth, who lived more than 2,000 years ago. At some point in his spiritual journey and his spiritual understanding, he came to see that he and God were one, that the divine lived within him. And once he came to that consciousness, he made it his mission to go out and teach others that that same light, that same power was within them. So that's why he said things like, you are the light of the world. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. He was trying to empower us. He wasn't saying, I'm the only one with the power, so bow down and worship me. He was saying, no, I, I made this incredible discovery, and I want to teach you. I want to lead you to that same discovery within yourself. So that light that is within us, that kingdom of heaven, that is the Christ. And the Christ existed billions of years before Jesus of Nazareth was even born. At the Big Bang, when God said, let there be light, there was the Christ. It existed all the way back then. Jesus was able to become one with that. And he was letting us know, I want you to become one with it too. And I'm showing you the way. But instead of doing that, We've made the church into a place where we worship the one guy who did it rather than following his example and doing it for ourselves. Absolutely. And it looked like you just got uh, uh, frozen, Pastor Sal. And so I'm going to wait until you come back on. I don't know if you're going to have to click in or out. Uh, but while he's doing that, let me just kind of jump on to what he was talking about here, where he says Christ, another word for the word Christ is actually presence, the presence of God, the presence of spirit, the presence of oneness. And so what he's trying to say is that Jesus was one with the presence of God that fills the whole universe that is in everything. And so this we see is even what uh, progressive Christianity and other Christianity is trying to really uh, do. They're trying to teach people how to connect the presence of God in them. And so all traditions teach this. All these traditions are, whether it's the Hindu tradition, Muslim tradition, whether it's any other tradition, is trying to teach you how to access the presence of spirit inside of you. And if you can access this presence of spirit inside of you, then you can touch divinity. Jesus said, I would have you do greater works than what I did. Well, how do we do the things that Jesus did? we got to connect to the Christ in us. we got to connect to the presence of God in us. It's already in us. It's, it's something that we don't even have to really try to go searching for. It's in your heart at the very deepest level. 
And so many religions teach us how that, uh, so Robin's saying, this is crazy because I saw an angel standing behind him when he went out. Well, definitely, it's, uh, it, it, it's not a lot of uh, weather stuff is going on. So those that are watching, I am interviewing Reverend Sal, and we did have a technical difficulty. Uh, there's some winds and stuff going on right now in the area. But the purpose that we're trying to talk about right now in his book, Childish Thinking, How the Church Keeps You Stuck in Sunday School, he's trying to bring up concepts that for many, many years we haven't grown up in. We haven't really looked at it in a more enlightened view. And some of those concepts, there he is. There he is. You'll, you'll, you'll have to go back and watch what I was saying uh, just so, so I'm not putting words in your mouth. Um, I'll just give you a recap and thank you so much uh, for coming back. Is I was talking about when you said crisis from the very beginning and with the Big Bang, I was saying for me, and I even seen it in your book, is that another term for crisis is the presence. And so the presence of God, the presence of this eternal spirit that that is interwoven in the fabric of everybody. Am I right? Am I off? Tell me what you think on that. You're totally right. And I, I knew that when I had uh, the trouble with my laptop, that you would continue the conversation. <laughs> and I know, Jeremy, you and I are so aligned in our in our understanding um, yeah. Because that that understanding really is the truth that prevails through all of the world's uh, faith and wisdom traditions. Uh, but that's what it is. It's the power and the presence, uh, capital P, the presence. You know, Jesus was able to attain oneness with that power and presence. And he came to show us how we could also have access to that as well. How uh, to act- activate that inner light. Tiffany... Exactly. My producer is Tiffany. Tiffany, if you're able, can you put Amy uh, a comment? We do have people that are commenting live on this uh, station. I would like to read this comment because this is why we do Higher Realms. And this is why Pastor Sal is making a huge difference in the world of spirituality. Amy says, this is great. I've been hearing Christ's light on various shows, but, uh, but did not know what it meant. Now I have an idea. And, and we do have uh, people that do watch this show that are not interested in Christianity at all. And, but yet they're like, can you make, you help make it, I feel like you make Christianity make sense for someone that isn't a believer. That someone that maybe has had issues with the dogma of religion. I think you take these concepts and you make it in a way that is accessible for everybody. Just like when you say in your book, Moses said, I am that I am. Talking about the I am presence, it's in all of us. Uh, but there's another concept that I want you to enlighten us on right now. And uh, that is what you just said a few minutes ago about the kingdom of heaven. And and so if you're saying to us right now, Jesus was a man like the rest of us, but he accessed his divinity because uh, he, he, he embraced the God in him and, and connected to that oneness. Uh, if that's a, a, a great revelation that we're receiving about Christ consciousness, Christ consciousness being that we all come to the awareness that there is this presence that rules the universe already inside of us. We're connected to it. Then can you explain to me where is heaven? <laughs> well, 
You know, again, the childish thinking was, you know, what the five-year-old learned in Sunday school was that heaven was a place all the way up in the clouds with pearly gates and, and, and angels playing harps and all of those things. And, you know, none of those descriptions are anywhere in the Bible. Um, heaven is never described that way. Um, if you look in scripture to see what Jesus said about heaven, he never described it as a place up in the clouds that we go to after we die. He described it as being right here and now. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's in your midst. Just open your eyes. And again, as he said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. That's what the whole purpose of prayer and meditation is, is for us to get still, to close our eyes to, to the physical world so that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven, which is within us now. But again, the church taught us that heaven was a place we go to after we die and that we need to make sure that we ensure our place there. Um, so we need to do good things to make sure that we get there. And Jesus wasn't giving that message. The message Jesus was giving is heaven's right here. It's within you and you can enter into it at any time. And I'm showing you the way to do that. Yeah, I love that. I love, you know, uh, the, the for my mind, the concept of hell for a second, even though I don't believe in that eternal hell punishment. But if I were saying if, there were, if we're going to use that word hell, I would almost say that in a side of us, we can feel hell inside of us, anguish, pain, anger, or we can feel joy, bliss, and happiness. And I would say that whether your life is more heaven-like or more hell-like is your ability to connect to that presence inside of you and connect to the, you know, and I'm, I'm just, this is me talking. I'm not trying to say what you are, but if someone is saying to you, Pastor Sal, what can I, I am feeling like I'm going through hell. My life, I feel really troubled. I feel really upset. I, I'm wanting some kind of faith that can help pull me through this. How can they connect to that presence, Sal? How can they somehow get past the darkness and try to find that light? Yes. Well, the key is uh, is silence, really. Uh, it, it is, um, first of all, for everyone to know that that light is always within you. That It's always there. It can't be extinguished. Um, and so what we need to do is get to that place, uh, and, and we enter into it in silence. Um, it, it's, it, there are no words there. Um, I think people think sometimes they have to say a, a, a magic word or something. Uh, but, you know, that's why we see people of various faith traditions using mantras in meditation yes. or, or, or uh, singing chants, because what that does is it it quiets the mind. You're repeating a mantra over and over again. So the thoughts in your head, um, which oftentimes are the thoughts that keep us from our light, it helps us to quiet the mind. And, and then when we can really then enter into that place of silence or, you know, as scripture calls it, the still small voice within you, it's there that we can then know the truth of our being, that that divine uh, being that's that's the true self. Um, that's what we want to get in touch with. So you know, my journey took me from uh, the Catholic Church where I grew up 
Um, when I left the Catholic Church, I explored all other faith traditions. I I explored Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam, and and I went to their places of worship and I read their holy books and and I came to see that there was a thread that ran through all of them, and they were all pointing to the same thing. It was about quieting the mind, stilling the mind, becoming present, becoming centered so that you could go within and experience that light and that truth, that presence and power. Um, and uh, so, so, so we are seeing that in our modern world, people have maybe left religion because religion wasn't giving them the tools to do that, which it should be. Um, but, you know, there, people are finding yoga, which again is in the Hindu tradition, but if you went to a yoga center here in Michigan, it's not really based on that. But but no, people are learning uh, to be mindful. They're learning meditation. They're learning yoga. That's All of those tools which Jesus and, and the other te- spiritual teachers were trying to teach us, but the church didn't teach us those things. And the, Chris- the Christian church in our lifetime has yeah. done a really bad job at giving people the tools they need to go within. Absolutely. Uh, I, For those that are listening, and I, we, we are quoting some Hinduism ways, but the Hindus would teach you, we're not trying to convert you to Hinduism. If you're a Christian, be the best Christian you can be. If you're a Muslim, be the best Muslim. And I, I love how you do the, um, can you give the example that you do in your book about the hand and the fingers real quick uh, that you were taught? Yes, uh, so I attended an interfaith seminary in uh, New York City. Uh, that's where I graduated from. And uh, some people are surprised to know that there are interfaith seminaries. Uh, but over 30 years ago, a rabbi in New York founded the very first interfaith seminary. And, uh, and, and he gave an example of the hand. And he would say, these are the world's major faith traditions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. And notice they're all separate, but they all connect. They all, you know, get to the center. And it was a great image. His motto for the seminary, his name was Rabbi Joseph Gelberman. He passed away a few years ago. Uh, but his motto for the seminary uh, is never instead of, always in addition, addition to. to. Because yes. it's, it's saying just what you were saying, Jeremy, it's about it's not that our way is the right way and everybody else is wrong. It's saying I'm rooted in my tradition. He was Jewish. I'm Christian. That's the root of my tradition. But in addition to that, I can draw from these other faith traditions. They're not going to pull me away from my tradition. So I for me. The study of the other faith traditions actually strengthened my relationship to Jesus. It didn't pull me away. It brought me closer to to him and to the message he was teaching. Um, so, uh, So absolutely right. You know, Christianity is really the only faith tradition that says you must follow us or you're going down the wrong path. As you said, Hinduism doesn't say you have to be Hindu. Buddhists don't say you have to be Buddhist. It just it isn't like that. And I do. There's a sense of arrogance in saying we have the answer and you don't. 
And you know, Jeremy, I've spoken to people to Christians who said that people like Gandhi are in hell because they weren't Christian. Yeah. Uh, and I I think how how can the world's billion Muslims, how can the world's you know half a million you know uh, Buddhists, I mean how how can all of the how can you say all of these people are are not saved, but you are that you you know it's a, it's really a sense of arrogance, and uh, and and it's really the only faith tradition that um, is so certain, um, and uh, and 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 spirituality is not about certainty. Um, yes, I I want I want I want to make absolutely clear that everyone understands that Pastor Sal loves his Christian tradition. And the problem is some of you that are going to be watching this throughout the years, because this would be out on the Internet forever, uh, will be thinking, well, he doesn't love the Christian faith. That's quite, quite. And the reason you're thinking that is because he's teaching you. Some will say that's heresy. No, he's actually teaching you the way it was originally presented by Jesus. But. Because of tradition, because of men, because of the power of the church, you have been taught to see the Bible in one perspective. And I would call it a tribal, a tribal perspective. I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. If I'm right, that means I'm safe. And that's why everyone really likes it. Just, you know, if I'm right, then I'm safe. And if, if I'm if everyone else can be right, then maybe I'm not safe. And so these are greater, you know, different. So I, I, I love the fact that. He is a Christian, and 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 what it is is he is teaching Christian perspective that I would not even say it's a progressive expression. It's progressive today, but I would say it's ancient. I say it was the original expression. <laughs> yes, it's um, funny, uh, Jerry, is that you say that because sometimes people uh, they accuse me of of sharing New Age spirituality. And yeah. I always say it's not new age; it's old age. It's I'm sharing the the ancient wisdom of 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 the faith traditions. It's not new age; it's old age. Absolutely. Um, but you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus challenged the religious authorities of his day. We, we sometimes forget Jesus was considered a, a, a religious heretic in his day, even though he was he was Jewish. The 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 scribes and the Pharisees the the, the the religious authorities of his day considered him to be preaching heresy. I mean, that's, again, why he needed to be silenced. Um, yeah. but, but he was teaching people, again, to follow this way of life that would lead them to the discovery of, of the light, the resurrection of the light within them. I, I, I would also say from my key, uh, understanding of Hinduism and other faiths, that it for people out there that if you totally focus on the man Jesus and that Jesus comes to you and you feel the presence of God in you by worshiping the man Jesus, I would say there's nothing wrong with that because the Hindus teach, and this is this is where a lot of uh, there's such wisdom in this ancient culture. They teach that we and and Sal comes from the Catholic tradition, so. The Catholics are pretty good at this, too. But for people that come from the Protestant tradition, that come from the far right, we were always taught that there are no idols, that there's no visualization. There's no no praying to the saints. There's no praying to the cross. You know, it's just, you know, God or Jesus. But the point I'm trying to make is the Hindu says that uh, having a visual to focus on 
a lot of times because people need a visual helps us to center our mind, helps us to get into the, the, the right spiritual mind frame to connect to that Christ consciousness. So if someone says to me, Jesus is real because he came to me and I felt him and he touched my life, I would say, yes, that presence was real. And if focusing on Jesus is a way for you to connect to that presence, then by all means, put his picture up worship him. You're not going to offend. I'm not mad at anybody if they say, I worship Jesus. I would say, though, that you have to understand as you grow up is that what you're worshiping is part of the essence that is in you that is eternal. And I'll let you comment, Pastor Sal. Absolutely right. We need uh, visualization to help us. And I, I, I know because I come from, as you said, the Catholic tradition uh, and we have a great devotion, for example, to Mary. And so in a lot of Christian households and Christian churches, there are statues and pictures of Mary. And, and people in the Protestant faiths will say, well, it seems like you're worshiping Mary. And the only one you should be worshiping is Jesus. Yes. But again, Mary is a way for people to visualize uh, the feminine aspect of the divine. Um, and, uh, and, and what and you're in America. So what is what do you mean the effeminate aspect of the divine? Yes, so you know God, we know that God uh since we are created in the image and likeness of God, then God is both male and female. And again, most of us growing up in the Christian church, we think of God as a, as a male, as as a man. Uh uh and but that really isn't true. God God is 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 both and and neither, <laughs> um, and so uh, it's important for us as we grow in our spiritual understanding to begin to view the divine not just as as a as an old man up in the sky, the the Almighty Father, uh, Lord, Master, and King, but to also view God uh, as as Mother, the Divine yes. Mother. I think if we would start seeing God as the divine mother, we would have probably less wars, yes. less violence towards women. Uh, we come from a very patriarch mindset where it's very military almost. I mean, if you look at the God of the Old Testament, that God scares the crap out of me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We we just in our church, we, we, uh, we say the Lord's Prayer every Sunday, but we've started to say the Aramaic translation. You know, mm. Aramaic was the language that Jesus taught. And so he really, when you take his words back to the original Aramaic, he wasn't saying our father. The word that he used uh, wasn't father. It's a word that more means birther of the cosmos. Mm. That's really what, who he was praying to. Wasn't an old man in the clouds, but the birther of the cosmos. And the next line is whose light is within, is within us. Mm. Um, and uh, so it, again, when you start really to really take, and so I, I, I'm so appreciative, Jeremy, that you, that, uh, that you're really kind of emphasizing that I am not uh, unchristian or leading people away from Jesus because it is really just the opposite. I really want people to know who Jesus really was. And uh, and when you start to look at his words in the original Aramaic, you know, he didn't speak English. Um, 
you begin to understand really what he was saying, but but obviously 2,000 years of a church have kind of taken his message away from, from its true meaning. Um, I love sharing this quote, if you don't mind. Uh, sure. one, of, one of our progressive Christian theologians, his name is John Dominic Crossan. He's written many incredible books, um, and he knows more about the Bible than I ever will. But he said that, that my point is that the ancient people didn't write uh, literal stories, and now we're smart enough to understand them symbolically. He said, my point is that the ancient people wrote stories symbolically, and now we're dumb enough to take them literally. Mm. So that's what I want people to grasp with the Bible, with scripture, is that they're not literal stories. They weren't written as literal stories. They weren't meant to be understood as literal stories. They're symbolic stories. So to, to help us grow spiritually. And, uh, and so, so yes, there's a, a few, a few key things that we need to get to. Like you said, the difference between Jesus and, and Christ, the difference between scripture being literal or symbolic and the idea that Christianity isn't the only way. In fact, Jesus never wanted to start a new religion. That wasn't his goal. That was that was Paul's. That was Paul's goal. But uh, yes, exactly. You, I love something. I want everyone to understand. There's a very important concept that Pastor Sal just shared, and is backed up by Joseph Campbell, one of my favorite authors back in the day. And he says, just because, and he's talking about myth. Just because something's a myth doesn't mean it isn't truth. And can you kind of just talk a little bit about that, about why why you can look at some of the Bible stories as myths, but at the same time you still say these stories have truth in them? Yes, absolutely. I love that, I love that uh, Joseph Campbell quote as well. A myth is powerful. And, uh, and, and again, something is a myth. It doesn't, it may not have literally happened, but it speaks to truth. It points to great spiritual truths. So, for example, maybe Jesus didn't heal a blind man. Maybe there wasn't a man who couldn't, he couldn't physically see and Jesus made him physically see. Um, maybe that's not to be taken literally. Maybe it's to be taken symbolically, that there was someone who couldn't see, didn't have understanding, um, and Jesus helped them to to open their eyes to see reality, to uh, you know, to awaken to to uh, this new spiritual uh, insight. Um, so it, it it doesn't mean that it's uh, untrue. And so you know, we've it, in the in progressive Christian circles, we've taken that as well to the resurrection, where um, the resurrection story. Uh, could be considered myth. It, it's one of the things that is hardest for people to wrap their heads around, that Jesus died and was in a tomb for three days and then came back to life. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so I always say to people, whether you take it literally or symbolically, it still points to the same truth, that death is an illusion, Yes, that we we have eternal life. We go on forever after this. Um, but some people, their whole faith is based on the fact that a man 
came back to life and walked the earth after he died. And so that is my question always for Christians is, if you found out that Jesus really didn't physically rise from the dead, would you still be a Christian? Um, Is your faith really, does it hinge upon that one thing? Uh, I mean, I consider myself a Christian because I believe that the path and teachings of Jesus are the way for us to model our lives. And I try to follow in his steps. Um, that's why I'm a Christian. Uh, it's not because he, he maybe, you know, walked the earth again after uh, he was put in the tomb. Can I put a little caveat here? I think uh, what Pastor Sal just said, I am a believer in Jesus because I believe in the teachings and in the, in the lifestyle of Jesus. But I like to put a little disclaimer here. What Jesus actually said and did, not necessarily what everyone says that Jesus said. Because <laughs> then you got you got the Christian right saying this is in the Bible and it, it and it clearly shows nothing about the lifestyle of Jesus. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, the talk I just gave this past Sunday was uh, who who do you say Jesus is? And so I give these understandings, uh, but but really the truth of the matter is, is I want people to go back to uh, the Gospels, to the actual words of Jesus, not everything else. Uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson, uh, he famously cut up a Bible and he just cut out the words of Jesus and he pasted them in a blank journal. And he said, this is all I need from the Bible. And he threw the rest of it away. Uh, and so that Bible is known as the Jefferson Bible. And you can actually mm-hmm. buy a copy of the Jefferson Bible. And all it is, is just the words of Jesus. I and, love that. Uh, and so, a, 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 again, it kind of gets to the heart of, of, of his message. Absolutely. And his message is powerful. Remember, the message is that the presence that fills this whole universe, that knows from the beginning into the end, that presence that created you is in you. And you'll never separate it from that presence. And yes, there's things you can do to connect to it, as Pastor Saul was talking about, meditation, mantras, chants. I come from the Pentecostal side, so I still like that old gospel music. I still like, I do a lot of singing. And and believe it or not, singing puts me in a place of silence. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, wait, you're singing? How is that making you silent? Because I begin to focus on the message of the song and it calms my mind from thinking of all the other thoughts about what I'm doing throughout the day. Um, so there's just, man, I'm in loving this. I'm loving having this wonderful conversation. Listen, I want to put the book back up. This book right here, Childish Thinking, How the Church Keeps You Stuck in Sunday School, is on Pastor Sal's website. We can throw his website up. This book it's going to cover just a little bit of what we talked about and so much more. It's going to cover topics like the resurrection and heaven and what is Christ and all these other things that maybe you always wondered about. If you always kind of grew up and you're like, what do I really believe about Christianity? Get this book. Or if you're like, you know what? I want, I want a more realistic Christianity that I, that can still be relevant to me today get this book is relevant. It's very relevant. I do. We got about 10 minutes and I do want to switch gears because Pastor Sal has uh, written quite a few beautiful books. And just real quick, I'm going to backtrack for a second. 
Pastor Sal, so we know with the progressive Christianity that they, they really honor the intellect, believing that God did give us a wonderful mind to rationale things. Is there still, even if some of the miracles didn't really happen or they're symbolic, is there still a place in progressive Christianity for miracles that could be created by faith? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, all things are possible. And I think what Jesus was trying to do was to get us to understand that we too could work miracles. Um, and unfortunately, I think many Christians are of the understanding that Jesus was the only person ever who could work miracles and the only person who ever did. Uh, I know miracles are real because I've experienced them in my own life. Um, and uh, I think miracles are all around us. We just need to open our eyes to them, which I, again is what I think Jesus was trying to do, was to yeah. get us to open up our eyes to that that power and presence and that light and that life that's, you know, right here and now. So yes, I, I really, I, you know, progressive Christianity, we say oftentimes that you don't have to check your brain at the church door in order yeah, yeah. to come in Absolutely. and that we believe in science uh, and all of those things. Absolutely. Um, but again, science will tell you that there are mysteries that simply cannot be understood um, and I think that's the beautiful thing about spirituality is living in the mystery or living in the questions. You know, I think when you're so certain, that's not really uh, faith. You have to kind of be open to the, the mystical and the, and the mysterious. Um, Absolutely. I, I'm laughing because, Sal, if you if you go back and watch this show, Higher Realms, we do talk about a lot of spirituality, but you probably saw the excitement, too, that uh, astrology, numerology, and, I, and like, like, oh, my God, he's on a new age, Sal. We told you. <laughs> we told you. But, but Pastor Sal, he's that type of man that if he can find a bridge wherever anybody's at, he's going to reach out to them. And, and, and I love him for that. And, uh, and so, you know, and on this platform, I believe in the mystical and the magical and the miraculous. But I also believe that we do have uh, that wonderful intellect. And I like what uh, Steve is saying on the thread. He says, show us how to ascend into consciousness. And that's what we're trying to do is give people a greater awareness. We've got about nine minutes. I do want to hit another another topic real quickly. Um for you that do not know, Pastor Sal, besides being an award-winning uh, writer, his book, is it 70 times 7? 70 times 7, his book was actually, was it two years ago now, three? About two, about two years ago, became an award-winning, critically acclaimed uh, a movie. It's an actual movie uh, that's called Brotherly Love. This is the story based on Reverend Sal, his book. <laughs> Is a huge story, and where can people watch this movie? Uh, thank you, Jeremy. Yes, it was the very first book I wrote called 70 Times 7, uh, and uh, I was as surprised as anyone when the movie rights sold uh, a few years back. Uh, I didn't know if anything would come of it, but yes, it, it did become an independent film. It, it won several awards at, at several uh, independent film festivals, uh, but it is now on DVD and it is now streaming. People can get it if they have Amazon Prime. Um, and it's available on other streaming services as well. But all right, Higher right, Realms, I got a fan base out there. I want you to go to Amazon Prime and stream this show 
And we are going to have a discussion down the road on this show uh, on my inner circle. So if you get out and everyone is watching by replay, you got a lot of time because you're on lockdown. So go to Amazon Prime, Brotherly Love, look up Salvatore's name there, or and, and you'll be able to see stuff on that. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, I'm here. I haven't seen it, so I got to go watch it. I'm going to. Um, you wrote another uh, great, great book on uh, St. Michael's, St. Michael's Prayer. He's known as the saint of 9-11. I only got three or four minutes. Can you tell us, and I got to have you back. I mean, how how do you talk about higher consciousness? How do you change the worldview of Christianity in an hour? I don't know. But <laughs> but can you tell us what St. Michael's Prayer is? I sure can. So the, I wrote a small little book uh, called Michael's Prayer, uh, Praying with Father Michael Judge. Father Michael Judge uh, was a friend of mine uh, when I lived in New York City, and he kind of became well-known at his death. He is the very first recorded casualty of September 11th. Mm. So he ran into the World Trade Center uh, to help people, which is what who he who he was. And the towers fell, and he's the first person to die. Um, there's a very famous photograph of the of the rescue workers carrying his body from the yes, wreckage. yes. They, they made a wonderful documentary on his life. It's called The Saint of 9/11. Uh, and again, you can Google it and stream it. Uh, but uh, but he he taught me a prayer, uh, and and so I wrote a book about this prayer. And the prayer is only four lines. And the prayer is, Lord, today take me where you want me to go. Let me meet who you want me to meet. Tell me what you want me to say, and keep me out of your way. <laughs> and it's just a perfect little prayer of surrender about just being open every day to wherever you're supposed to be led, whoever you're supposed to meet, and to keep yourself, your your uh, ego, and your you're trying to control out of the way, and just be open and surrender. And 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 that's certainly how he lived his life. Uh, so thank I, you. I think that that is a phenomenal prayer. Everyone listen to it. I want you to go to Reverend Sal's website. Uh, we'll throw Reverend Sal's right back on there, Tiffany, on the page for everyone to see. Listen, people are asking me, how do I get miracles in my life? The scripture says Jesus went around doing good. And this prayer is simply that. It's, it's really saying, let me connect to the presence, that eternal presence. That is the healer, the lover, the savior, the provider, the joy, that presence that is eternal hope that's in me. Help me to recognize it in me and then let that presence lead me today that I can help someone else feel that presence in them. I feel that to me, I just felt Christianity. So I just want to thank you so, so much, uh, uh, Pastor Sal. Uh, it's just been amazing. One more time. And I keep saying it over and over again. I want you to go get I want you to go get the book Childish Thinking. I want you to read uh St. Michael's Prayer. I want you to watch the movie Brotherly Love. But more importantly, my friend right here is on Facebook. How do people look you up on Facebook? Uh just my name which you see there on the screen on my website, but if you go to my website there's also a link to to uh, all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh I would love to connect with people. 
I watch his sermons every week. His sermon, they, they do. I like the little clips. Sometimes they're just a little clip, yeah. and it's enough to like get you shot in the arm. Um, he has online services. If somebody is on the internet and this Sunday, they're like, I really need to hear a, an uplifting message. And they're like, I want to go hear Pastor Sal preach. They just go to online, right? There's around your website. Yes, absolutely. You'll see on my website, our YouTube channel. Uh, and you can watch all of the messages and all of the clips. We now have over 2,000 subscribers to our YouTube channel. And People are watching and commenting from all over the world, and uh, it's really wonderful. Are you guys live on Sunday, or is that just an afterplay? No, it's a, we record the services, uh, but we watch them together on Facebook and YouTube, and and we're commenting as we're watching. So uh, it feels your, it feels does live. Your church, does your church? What is because I got a couple minutes. What is the name of your church? Is that church also on Facebook by itself? Like it, you know, it go is. ahead. The church is called Douglas UCC, which stands for the United Church of Christ. So if you're on Facebook and you just put in Douglas UCC, you'll find it. That's actually the name of the church's website, douglasucc.org. Listen, folks, when he was going to this church and there's only 29 members and now we have over 200 members and people all over the world watching it, Douglas ain't Detroit. Douglas ain't New York. I love Douglas. Don't get me wrong. Saga Talk is a beautiful, beautiful area. Come visit it. It's a gorgeous beach resort. But it's, it's, my, my pinky's bigger than Douglas. But let me, go ahead. It's a tiny little village. I mean, it but, really is, it's but, not a big community. Everyone that's watching this from Douglas, I want to tell you, Douglas, even outside of your pastor, the world watches your church. Because you are making such an impact in West Michigan. You make such an impact all over the world. They see your activism. They see the things that you're saying and doing. They see. So not just a testament to you. Yes, Pastor Sal, thank you. But I got to tell you something. The people that have gathered as a congregation in your church, they are literally for there's nothing small about them. They are doing mighty, mighty big things. And I know that comes from your big heart. And uh, thank you so much for coming tonight. And down the road sometime, uh, we all have to uh, approach another subject. Part of that brotherly love deals with the subject of sexuality and spirituality. So uh, I'm not going to get into that because that's a great episode we'll get into at another time. But let's just put it this way. It don't matter if you're gay, straight, black, white, fat, skinny, man, woman. It don't matter. God is in you. And he loves you, and he's going to use you. Thank you, Pastor Sal. Thank you, Jeremy. That's a perfect way to end the show, and I look forward to speaking with you again. God bless. Namaste. See everyone next Tuesday, and share this with your friends on Facebook. Bye-bye. Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments. Then head over to the Goldilocks Productions YouTube channel. With a huge selection of shows, the fun doesn't have to end. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 